In the words of the legendary Lou Gellerman, hello, dog fans. Welcome to the Sound the Siren podcast, because everything matters, or at least in theory it does. <laughs> I'm your host, Hooligan7. I'm joined this evening by Hood Husky and DJ K. Woody. How are you guys doing tonight? I'm good. We good. We good. Yeah. All right. Uh, of course, starting with, with beverages. Uh, Hood, what do you got tonight? So, uh, we back on we back on the the water jug. To be honest, I, I, I lost my purple one, so I've been off my game for a little bit. I had to settle for this one. So, yeah. Nice, nice, DJ. I am also on the water game for another week. I think. Uh, I mean, I could probably do beer if I needed to, but just staying on water. Yeah, you've got to apologize if you're a crime baby. What's that? Yeah, there, I said you got to celebrate. Congrats to you and your family on uh, the arrival of your 2039 recruit to, to UW. Uh, shouts and cheers yeah, to thank you. you. Whether it's whatever you're drinking uh, out there, listening to the pod, raise your glass to, to DJ and his fam. Uh, and also belated birthday uh, shouts to three members of the podcast family last, last week. Hood, Husky, UW, FMAC, and, and the infamous... Uh, beverage reviewer DP and so cheers to you guys as well happy birthday y'all happy birthday y'all yeah anybody uh, either of you have any stupid tweets other than uh, FQ Ducks whatever who's either crashing on Mike Black or Mike Black looking for validation today it's all Mike Black this week I, all of his tweets <laughs> <laughs> That, that just right. this tweet, I don't know, I don't have it in front of me, but yeah, what he was saying about East Coast Oregon fans are more, are better fans, or whatever he said, than Oregon alums and West Coast fans. Yeah. I'll say uh, I don't have a stupid tweet, but I definitely am going to uh, start to accumulate some throughout the week finally. I, I got to do that. There, there's a lot of more, lot more stupid things that are said on the other side of the country. So uh, there's plenty to to be had and seen. <laughs> I will say, in terms of a uh, social social media shout out, one of the the campaigns that could be super active on getting it going. Washington Wednesday, I've seen it. It's made its way on Instagram. Uh, our Washington Wednesday, they we got a Washington Wednesday post by UW Gymnastics. So it's uh, it's getting out there, and, and it's an example of that fan-driven, like, hey, we can cre- we can create stuff as fans, and move the needle for the department, and, and and create more brands. So everybody that participates on it, in it, keep it up. Post on Instagram too. Uh, um, yeah, man, that was super exciting seeing the gymnastics team post that. Um, it, it definitely can be something that we continue to do. You know what I mean? For the, the obviously hooligans love for alliteration, uh, you know, and obviously easy play on words, something that you can get people involved in. Also that can be um, attributed to, um, to things outside of football, just kind of UW athletics, whereas like that purple Friday is more so kind of football oriented and, things like that you can kind of have something that is all inclusive with all the sports you know men's basketball is coming up we can rock our men's basketball jerseys you know etc so yeah i i I was i was happy to see that that was great 
Yeah, yeah, I had a uh, home field apparel uh, heckhead shirt on this week. Uh, for any of anybody that knows the origin story of of Wham Hooligan or the full Hooligan name, uh, they know about that. Um, but let's move right into uh, talking about uh, UCLA and uh, what do you guys expect to see? What do you guys hope to see? Uh, what do we think about UCLA this weekend? Go ahead, D. Yeah, you probably got a, a little bit more in-depth analysis hood than me, but, you know, no surprise. I, I expect them to run the ball and run it a lot on us. That's what they do. That's what we're not good at. And we got to prepare for that. We we can't come running out there the same defense that we have been allowing this run. We got to switch it up a little bit. I mean, we don't obviously need to switch up our whole defense because our defense is still good. But I just make some tweaks there and bring up a safety like we talked about in other pods. Uh, but, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I'm expecting us to, on the other end, open it up in the passing game, hopefully. Uh, this is a team to do it on. And get our wide receivers, get Rome involved, get McMillan involved. Uh, that, that's what I'm hoping for on the offensive end. And, you know, we had, we had two weeks. We, we still got Donovan, but hopefully they made some tweaks there and we can see some changes. I'm not – don't have my hopes up too high, but, yeah, just focus our offense where our strengths are. And right now it's our wide receivers and get them involved more. And get and keep some of the the improvements in the running game that we did see out of the Oregon State game. You got Kamari and and that was yeah. certainly by far the best you know running game performance of the year. Uh, again, we can let's not rehash why we didn't give the ball to Kamari or Sean when it mattered <laughs> in the in the end game situation. But um, yeah, absolutely. Like make DG, like uh, as much as, go ahead, Hood. Oh no, go ahead. I was just gonna say, make DTR throw to beat you because odds are with our secondary, he's not. Yeah. If he if if it's a game where it's about Come. his legs and Charbonnet, we're in trouble. If it's about DTR's arm, we're gonna be in good shape. Um, I obviously completely agree with all you guys. Um, with both you guys, man. Uh, I was I was I was gonna do a poll and say. <laughs> Over or under 400 yards rushing, uh, man. Just because this, 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 I'll say styles make fights. Uh, that's that's what you know. Boxing fans say styles make fights, and this is a, a bad style matchup. Um, one thing that I heard Malo say about just the the line and you know playing in the front seven has been, um, as well as Ryan Bowman, that people have been out of their gaps. Also. Um, the, the lack of experience on the line. And you're talking about one of the more athletic, experienced offensive lines with one of the more complex offensive rushing attacks in CFB. Um, to add that, you throw on a rushing quarterback, a, a quarterback who can run. So even in the past game, he's going to be able to take off on us, which has been our Achilles heel along with the short, uh, the execution of the short passing game. So what I will say is, I'm expecting our defense to to give up some 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 points, some yards. Um, this game's going to come down to our offense, and if we can score, you know, the difference between, um, you know, I think this UCLA game is going to be a lot like the Michigan game. If we can put points up, it's going to be a fun competitive shootout. 
But if we're not able to to stop to score, um, then you know just gonna be so much wear and tear on our defense, and it's it can easily be a twenty seven fourteen type game, you know, if we don't put up any points. Um, so you said, you said four hundred yards. You mean total or just four hundred yards by UCLA? Four hundred yards rushing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Alone, UCLA, not not. Yes. UCLA. Oh my goodness! If that happens, it's we're getting beat by ten plus points. I was gonna do. That's what I'm saying. I'm just. Yeah. I'm just. Uh, I'll say that would be more so if our offense does not perform. Okay. You know, like three. Michigan put up. Yeah, Michigan put up 300 rushing yards with not such a complex like that. They just came down our neck. You know, they didn't have a, initially. They didn't have a ton of explosives other than that quorum run. They just kind of like a death by a thousand cuts. I think you're gonna you're gonna see if we can't score on offense, you're gonna see not death by a thousand cuts, but chunk run, chunk run, chunk run, chunk run, chunk run. You know, um, our linebackers haven't been you know filling or playing downhill at all. So <laughs> even if the DL does their job, there's Charbonnet and Britton Brown aren't gonna get touched. You know, to five ten yards downfield, and you know if we can't score, we're not gonna help our defense out at all. What's what's the what's the number we're looking at for yardage wise that we need to not give up so we can win the game? You think? Well, like two fifty. Oh, yep, yep. I'd go two fifty. Um, I would be honest with you and tell you that if we score points, they could put up Michigan's three hundred. You know what I mean? I just I just think at the end of the day, like, because um, it can be three hundred and fifty passing yards again. You know what I mean? I just think at the end of the day, we have to put points on the board and we have to get up by multiple possessions in order to really allow like our offense and our defense to kind of pin their ears back. You know, like we haven't really had a stat game seriously other than Arkansas. Every game has been this like tough schematic, like who's the best coaches? Oh, we might have to move our offensive coordinator off the team. Like there's all these games have been so tough. You know, we haven't had an opportunity to really kind of get up a little bit and throw the ball, you know, take challenges. So, yeah. And I kind of mentioned it. Uh, sorry, Hooligan. We're, we're kind of mentioned it that three and outs to me is going to be key because they're going to be running oh, the ball goodness. a lot. And if we have mm-hmm. more than one or more than two for sure, but we can give up one, maybe two or three and outs on our end. But if we don't, if we have more than that, it's going to be a huge struggle to score points because they're going to have time of possession probably most likely, I'm assuming, with a running game. And so, yeah, just make sure we get some first downs, get some momentum, some rhythm on offense would be key. Yeah, uh, I was just pulling up some of the stats in terms of uh, rushing defense in terms of yards per game. Any guesses where UW currently ranks in the Pac-12 conference? UW is 10th. Correct. Wow. I would have said dead last if I were. I, I have no idea, but correct. No, we are uh, still not good. We are fifty yards, or yeah, forty yards ahead of uh, Arizona and Stanford. Uh, Stanford is actually the worst at two nineteen eight. Damn. Uh, Arizona is two nineteen two. We're at one hundred and seventy nine point six. Okay. That's why I'm telling you guys, people are tripping, and it's like traditional powerhouses are also kind of. Going through transitions, like COVID, really gave teams that had that had three, four year players already, five year players already that were in starting positions more experience. Like there's, like Iowa has such an experienced team. <laughs> so whether they're talented or not, like athletically or not, like they've seen everything. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it's uh, 
that's not that's not up to UW standard. I'm sorry. I mean, I know it's been the trend of our defense over the course of the last couple of years, um, but without this turning into a another Bob Gregory bashing pod, um, <laughs> <laughs> which position group has a large hand in stopping the run? And uh, pretty sure it's inside linebacker, right? Mm-hmm. Just, just, just saying. Yeah. And yet we I'll... we still want to play a single high safety thirty yards off the ball. <laughs> I'll say the biggest uh, the position group that is going to change this game for us. I think is going to be the offensive line. I think the offensive line needs to have an incredible game. Um, I'm not going to say UCLA's front is uh, big at all. But they are extremely versatile. They're extremely quick, tri- quick twitch. They're athletic. Um, middle, the inside linebackers can play edge. The edge guys can go into coverage. So um, they utilize their front seven um, pretty, pretty well. And I, and one thing that our offensive line struggles with is communication, and with like blitz pickup. And um, so I think one thing we'll, we'll see Kamari and, and McGrew a lot, but we'll see Kamari a lot. You know, in relation to pass protection, because uh, I'm, I'm, I would say I'm pretty nervous about what this front's going to bring to our offensive line. But I'd say if if we end up winning the game, it's going to be because of our offensive line and how they handled this front. Where's UCLA? They're one of the better uh, run defensive teams, right? In the conference, uh, run defense. I'm gonna say six. I'm going they third. Are, no, they are actually the best run defense in the conference. Ooh, what? 92 and a half yards a game. Where's, where's Arizona State? They, they, they're top three. Yeah, yep. I'm like, yeah Arizona UCLA, State. UCLA, Oregon State, Arizona State is, is top three in rushing defense. <laughs> Oregon State, baby. Here's a crazy stat for you. So we're 10th in, in allowing the rush. Total offensive yards allowed in the conference. We're number two. We're giving up 107, bro. you know, depending on whether you're looking at the Pac-12 conference stats or ESPN stats. According to the Pac-12, we're giving up 181 to a game on the ground, but only 328 and a half total. <laughs> Ridiculous, like, man. What is this season? Um, Jesus Christ, man. Like, if we could stop the ground, if we could stop the ground game, if this would be like the 2017 team where it's just like, you could score 20 points. Like, all the offense would need to do, If we could stop the rush, the offense would need to score, like, 20, 21 a game, and we'd basically win every game. And, That's ridiculous. And, like, what's our pass offense? Because doesn't isn't Dylan, like, the best, like, uh, by yardage? Yeah. Like, uh, it, doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> all, we have three receivers in the top ten in receiving. Fifth like, in- what? Fifth in passing yards currently. Okay. Uh, Where's Dylan at by himself? Uh, Yo, Hooligan, sorry, at... side question. Uh, you know, volleyball is on match point against Oregon. What is follow along? Uh, is there like a Match site? point for us, right? Yeah, yeah. But that was two minutes ago. They haven't tweeted, so I guess that they haven't oh. won yet. <laughs> Looking for volleyball. Yeah, I was trying to follow along on like an app or something. I couldn't find anything. But sorry. Meanwhile, that that's a good shot while we're talking about other fall sports. Huge shout out to the number one men's soccer team in the oh, country, yeah. the Washington Huskies. Way to go, guys! Mm-hmm. Um, 
but on Jamie Clark's getting it done to, to go back to the Zach Horowitz stupid tweet from a couple weeks ago. But by the way, yes, Jamie Clark, who has soccer number one, hired before Jen Cohen was the athletic director, <laughs> so she doesn't really get credit for that. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I do she, dig it. I mean, I I want all of our programs to do well. Anybody that's listened to this podcast knows that it's not just about football. That I want all of our programs to excel because there's no reason for them not to. Um, sorry. What, what's the record that they're breaking right now? Isn't there like some record they're breaking? I think I think it's either a team. I don't know that it's a, a national record, but I think I know it's certainly a team record in terms of how many consecutive wins. I think like consecutive wins plus consecutive wins to start the season. Um, you guys got me into these other sports too. That's kind of crazy. I <laughs> I was like volleyball. Damn it! It's been four minutes. They haven't tweeted. Ah, that's not a good sign. <laughs> that's uh, not a good sign, man. Uh, that's why I was like trying to follow like, someone website. Let me go to the Go Huskies app. Sorry, this is making for a scintillating podcast content, but. Um. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You guys were in a tenth, or <clears throat> Oregon's thirteenth in the country, so it's big, big match. It's a big it's match. A big, big match. Yeah. yeah. Load it go up. follow those. Go follow men's soccer and go follow women's volleyball Fo- right now. Yeah. Follow them on Twitter, on Instagram. On... Oh yeah, uh, I need to do that. Right? I think I it. Now you have one. Oh, let's go. Yeah. Fuck, fuck you. Oregon. Yeah, closed them out. So lost set Come one. On. Lost set. Again, the cardiac kids of women's volleyball lost yeah. the first two sets, then won three straight sets to win the match. Yeah, <laughs> there Dang, is uh, a they, you want to never say die attitude. Time. Look at look at our volleyball team. Yeah, take some bread, mallards. So I guess I was stressing over nothing. Fifteen eight last set. <laughs> Ooh, According hey, to the Go Huskies app. Okay. Dang that that first sorry uh, that first set they were up like. 10-2 or something like that too, and they ended up losing it. 17-25. Weird. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Go. Uh, we're going. We're gonna. We're gonna need some of that resolve <laughs> on on at at uh, Alaska Airlines Field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're gonna need some of that resolve from our coaching staff. Come on. <laughs> Let you know. uh, Come hell. On. I'm gonna say it now. Let Dylan be Dylan. Come on. He's a killer. Stop this bullshit with the one and two reads and throw the ball away. Let your players make plays um, it didn't isn't that what lake said something like uh we need we we now know after the buy like who our best players are like we got to get the ball in the hands of the best players now it and... took you five weeks plus fall camp <laughs> plus <spring>. like... <laughs> i love you hooligan <laughs> i'm sorry i'm a sarcastic asshole but like that was facts. What you be? Really? You don't get credit for that. Yeah. It. Uh, yeah. Um, all right. I think anybody, either of you, have anything else to say about UCLA, or should we talk? Uh, do we want to talk about the Cohen interview first, or do we want to get into the mailbag? We'll do a. You want to do mailbag or? Yeah, let's get in the mailbag. I'll pull the I'll pull it's the mailbag. Up. Last thing about the UCLA game, please just play a full game, not at one half and not play second half or not play first half and play second half. Full half. Also, 
buy tickets, go to the game, go support the hum homecoming game, please. Yep. So, first question from uh, our buddy Joel Dombrow. What are the primary reasons why fan interest is waning in the pack com in comparison to other parts of the country? He also add the addendum that uh, that he thought that because of a lack of playoff teams or because there's more things competing for attention for our attention or secondary issues. What do you guys think? Hey, you can go first on this. Oh man, I was, that's I was just that's a tough one. Um, I, yeah. I'll say, man, you know, I I I think it's a a myriad of factors. Like initially, like I went on on Twitter and I kind of was like, oh, it's the fan engagement it's the atmospheres um it's nil it's winning on the field it, it's all of that at the end of the day like it's got to be you got to have a consistent product for teams on for fans on the west coast to want to go pay extra for that because there is so many other things to do like if out here if you're not winning we're not going to go support at the end of the day you know there's like i said there's so much things to do like but in the south um, or in some of these rural Midwest or rural Southern cities, there may not like that is the talk of the town. You can't wait till Saturday. You're doing events leading up to Saturday, starting on Sunday. You know what I mean? So that's all that you, uh, there's also indoctrination early, like really, really early. If you're not an alumni out here, you're, you don't have baby clothes that are UW or USC or whatever, you know, right um, out there. You got regular old schmegular people. You know, that are dressing their babies up and taking, you know, Auburn family pictures when the kid is less than a year. So I just think that we just have so many things that um, that we do out here taking up our attention um, on top of not having the best product, you know, so the best products. Um, I think elements of that did uh, did get worse um, and were kind of put on front street by Larry Scott, um, not having us, not having too much support from, from, you know, PAC 12 executive levels on expanding brand, expanding exposure, et cetera. So, um, that's why you hear me dude, right. Or Olympics, Olympic sports, which sure it's good to big those up. And you might think that, Oh, if I can get those to at least a better level than all the other power five conferences, we might have like a diamond in a rough monetary generator, but like, no, let's stop playing games and realize this basketball football. Let's stop trying to, you know, play this underdog role as a conference with a conference of champions. Shout out to Bill Walton. You know what I mean? So, but yeah. yeah. But you want to talk about big, big upping something and like doing it effectively. Do you guys see Kliavkov's tweet about who's got the most like tournament appearances, tournament wins in the women's basketball tournament, and which conference is yeah. the final four most often like, yeah. like in the last like five? I don't remember the exact time, the time period, but mm -hmm. like, that's the shit we would never fucking see from Larry Scott and Kliavkov. It's like we're where it's at, and you can up like you can promote and do great things for Olympic sports without forgetting about football. The one point that I will say that I think is a factor is. If you look at the footprint of the conference and where the schools are, the only true full-fledged, full-bore college, traditional college towns in this conference are Pullman and Corvallis. Eugene kind of is, is yep. probably the next closest, but you look at Stanford and Cal are in the huge metropolitan metropolis of the bay area the la schools are in fucking la the university of washington is in seattle 
Tucson's probably, I mean, like Tucson's a, is not a college town. It is, yes, the University of Arizona is there, but it is a pretty damn good sized city. Colorado, I mean, Boulder is kind of a college town, but it's a suburb of, it's essentially a suburb of Denver. The University of Utah is in Salt Lake City. It's not the same as like if you look at the Big Ten. Yes, you have teams that are close to Detroit or close to big cities in Ohio. Columbus is, is a, you know, it has an NHL team. That's a big-ish city. But State College is a college town. East Lansing is is comparable probably to a Tucson or a Eugene. Uh, Ann Arbor is completely dominated by the University of Michigan. Iowa, the University of Iowa dominates their city. Uh, Bloomington is an IU town. West Lafayette is all Purdue. Like it's not the the cities are not on the same scale. Um, you know, it's just not the same thing. Like you look at Alabama and Auburn. What? What were you saying, DJ? I said Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, they got they got a good strong fan base there. They go, yep. everyone tends to games and it's the I mean it's the state now. capital. It would be like if UW was in Olympia. Um, but yeah. I mean. And it's probably, you know, a bigger, a bigger town, you know, in a bigger city than Olympia. But it's, it's but an it's outlier. More, it's an outlier, but it's not like, I mean, yes, Northwestern is essentially in Chicago. But that's the exception for the Big Ten. It's the exception for the SEC to have, you know, a, one of their, you know, brand teams. Like LSU is not in New Orleans. It's in Baton Rouge. Georgia is in Athens, not in Atlanta. It's just a different vibe, and, and it's there's nothing we can do to change it, change it. But that's a huge factor, in my opinion. And you just have flat out more major league sporting competition when you have so many teams in markets, and and then you have plus the 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 eccentricities of the West Coast, and there's not as diehard a fan base or that, that cares about sports the way there is in other places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, so I was gonna say I was gonna add two more things because what everything you guys all said, which I completely agree with. But who again? You just said one of them just now with the West Coast just not being as big as into sports, especially college sports, as other parts of the country. That's just how it is. But the other thing is, which is kind of factors everywhere, but I think more so around here is you know we were kind of talking about it before the actual pod is like you can have you can watch the game from your home. On a big screen TV, have whatever food you want, doesn't take up your whole day, and it's a big commitment to go to a game. And so they need to find ways to make it worth it to go to these games and the environment and make it have, make it so you want to go instead of like, oh, I'm just going to chill on my couch, well, have a few beers, and watch the game and then come from my own home. Yeah, that's, that's just a problem in general, but I think it's a lot more so here, especially... I mean, I guess I guess I was gonna say weather, but that's not really a factor elsewhere because there's snow and stuff, and people still don't have all the more. I think it's all the more so because of the the TV deal where we have there are times where there's three Pac-12 games on at the same time that like there's a 5:30 game, a 6:30 game, and a 7:30 game. Oh, oh, yeah. And it's like, and we talked about it on a previous pod, but it's like, what's the point? We're not gonna get East Coast eyes on that. The, the vast majority of East Coast, you know, fan, unless you're a diehard fan you're not going to pay attention to what the hell's the point. Like, yeah, okay, let's go up against, you know, midday games against the Big Ten or against the Big 12. Fine. 
but you should have that gives if you you know if people care about it you know they can don't ruin your in-game or in-stadium experience for for tv because honestly it looks a lot better on tv if the stadium's full agreed that look at the environments from from last week just like you had what michigan nebraska environment crazy like crazy you got texas a&m bama environment crazy uh what was the other ones uh man you had a few of them i can't remember some of the other ones but oh uh, uh, iowa Iowa, iowa yep iowa penn state you know what i mean like you got these grand events man that are happening where all hands are on deck you channel the whole city's energy that day everybody at home you know got everybody man those are just different vibes and um you know it doesn't matter if ucla is playing usc is the is the crowd packed i don't know uh if you dub plays oregon is the crowd packed i mean maybe you know but like that's if i gotta say maybe for the most pre uh, premier ticket in the conference you know then what does that say so I it think is packed. Well, we got, we got some work. It is packed for you. Yeah, it is packed for UW Oregon, and UW is the best attended program in the conference. Even when we shoot ourselves in the foot with the frequency that we do. Um, agreed. Agreed. But I also think the other the other factor is to, to look at it from in terms of, a, of an attendance perspective. There, is, and I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, and it would take me a while to do the research. But there are more. There is more. Um, international presence and international um, immigration to the areas that are in the Pac-12 footprint than there are to the cities in the Big Ten or in the Big 12. I agree with that. Like The closest would be like, okay, yeah, Rutgers and Boston College have markets that are like that where there's people coming from all over the world into those markets. But that's not the entire conference. That's like one or two members of the conference. Like, it's just a, it's a different scale in the I mean in the tech industry in particular it's just a different scale on the west coast than it is anywhere else in the world like yeah. in New York yes is it a college football town yes but it's a there's so many people in New York and there's enough people that are concentrated from you know from other college football schools that happen to live in New York, New York and they take over a bar but it's not yeah, like you mentioned you mentioned the one or two schools like records and stuff but yeah we got 10 out of 12 and uh two schools international international kids don't want to go to is oregon and wsu they don't want to go to <laughs> they don't want to go to oregon in eugene but yeah i traveled eight thousand miles to spend my time in fucking pullman <laughs> <laughs> i'm gravy ann arbor was a was a beautiful college town I'll tell you that much <laughs> yeah great question so, Joel. yeah, yeah. Great question um, and great contributions that he's made to the Twitter Spaces conversations that we've had. Right. So Shout far. out to Joel, man. Um, all right. From our buddy from uh, the 14 Inches Pod, uh, Trevor Muller um, Mueller. Apologies if I'm pronouncing your name wrong. What would you have to see against UCLA and beyond to make you start believing that the ship is being turned in the right direction? Uh, I'd say, I'd say, uh, a win is perfectly fine (laughs) by me. I don't care if it's a ugly turnover prone game. I don't care if we chant John Donovan needs to be fired after the game some more, but give me the dub and I'll go home chilling, set my week off straight. Yeah. Yeah. 
win. Um, certainly the more impressive the win, the better. Um, one game isn't going to get it done. Uh, you know, if you want, you know, you want my honest answer over the full ends of the season. Run the table or come damn near close to it. Um, don't get, or any in games don't, you know, don't have things that make, minimize the things that make, make us want to tear our hair out. Are, are we going to lose games? You know, if we lose at Stanford, you know, it, it, of course, because we lose at Stanford. Uh, don't get blown the fuck out by Oregon. Uh, don't lose, don't lose another Northwest rivalry streak. Oh don't my lose goodness! To the oh my goodness! That's gonna be a fun game, dude. That's gonna be all these games are gonna be stressful. You call that fun? No, I, they're gonna oh. pass, DJ. They're gonna pass. Yeah. True highlights. Highlights. <laughs> I, I guess the thing I would say is I kind of touched on this earlier uh, at the very beginning, but I just want to see the staff willing and able to make adjustments, not just in the not just during the game, but before the game, and be able to be able to adapt a little bit. Like I, I just want to see that uh, offense, defensively, all around. That's something that that needs to be done. And you know, can't do a whole change up overnight, but you can sure make tweaks. <laughs> and it seems like they're pretty stubborn and don't want to do that because it's worked this way in the past. That's what the defense, offense, different story just never worked. But yeah, just I just want to see them make adjustments and make changes when it's needed, like whether that's at a position, whether that's in a, a scheme or whatever it is. I want, I, I want to see that. Please. Right. Yeah. All right. Off the, 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 the real serious questions, no, no offense to our buddy, uh, UW uh, Memajama. Uh, did Karen Ramming actually apply, apply for the UW or was she recruited? And, and to me, I don't think it really matters <laughs> if she was the best candidate for the job. Um, I don't think if you look at what she's done, like, if there's one, I, I think I tweeted something about this, and I think you know Twitter needs to chill about that hire, about, oh, we're hiring ducks. It's like, yeah, they've got a better sports management program than, than we do when we're, com- when we're complaining about the fact that we're not doing enough in terms of marketing and, like, being, you know, putting our, you know, for lack of a better term, puffing our chest and talking about what UW is. The one aspect where we need to be a little bit more, more like Oregon is that. So if you've got somebody that's got that background and has spent a bunch of time with the Warriors, and a bunch of time as a social media manager of the Pac-12 networks. Let's not get into the Larry Scott issue. <laughs> we can't. Um, but I just, I, I think UW tends to go way overboard. If UW had a better sports management program and had a bunch of people that were already willing and able that really understood how to market and like, and I do, I think the athletic department needs to listen to fans about what this program is and should be about the program, the department as a whole, what the University of Washington is and how to represent it. Yes. But one of our biggest complaints was that they just weren't doing enough of it. So I think it's just, I I think we, I think we're, I think I see it as a frustration with the the context of the season that we're, we're going off the deep end about everything. And I think it's a little ridiculous. Agreed. And I want to say, like, this is how you contribute to something. You know, you tactfully voice your opinion via podcast or you do what Hey Halverson did, you know, and shoot an email and get a response on changing our fan engagement process or changing something in our process that you felt was, you know, uh, important for us to move forward or take those next steps or compete with teams that you want to put on a pedestal. 
you know, you was he the one that started the Washington Wednesday? Uh, yeah. So I basically just tweet. Uh, I like tweeted something like, "We need like a fan engagement movement," you know, like every week or whatnot. And then he quoted it and was like, "Washington Wednesday," and like yeah. f- on fire ever since then. And then you know, this idea here, he should have he should have been the right. He should have been the one to, you know, to get that <laughs> to get a job. But uh, that's but that's how you do it. You know, that's how you do it. Yeah, and, and again, shops. Yeah, I know. Like, I was saying that you helped amp. I thought I was giving you credit because you helped amplify that a ton. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. But, but absolutely, shops to him for starting Washington Wednesday. Huge shops to him for the for the idea for the first quarter. I think that's great. Um, the the fun, the kind of I think in just follow up question about uh, the the director of NIL and uh, marketing uh, follow up, which happens first. She tweets go or makes her account private and. Uh, I would think, I would hope that the department has learned its lesson uh, from the, the Rachel Doyle incident a couple of years ago about Skoducks and War Eagle on a profile. Um, and again, we talked about it on the last episode. You can support your alma mater, but when, you're, when your primary profile or, or that is somewhat associated with your professional life is associated with the University of Washington, don't tweet about our rivals. Don't tweet about things that don't have anything to do with the University of Washington or the conference. Um, and burners exist. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she changed. You it. guys, you guys made her change her bio, man. Oh, she changed. Did she change it? She because her bio yeah. had like a uh, like or like it said or Oregon one. alumna, and even yeah. even her graduating from Oregon is out. Oh, y'all are crazy. Uh nice. it says UW <laughs> athletic, like soon to be UW athletics director of NIL and digital strategy. Previously, Warriors, Pac-12 Network, Go Track Town USA, Vibes and Views are my own. Uh, y'all are cold. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Hey, so going like, back to the honestly, question. like, take a, just everybody take a, take a breath. Yeah. Yeah. The Apple Watch is a beacon. Yeah, because I, I think a good hire, good hire for her from what I understand her background and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I don't think she should have said that one tweet about the yeah. Oregon gear. But, like, I think people were going overboard and saying, oh, how could we hire her? Like, tweeting at her and quoting her tweets where she would see it. Like, That's I don't crazy. think she should have gone that. Someone could say, oh, maybe delete that or something. Like, With, Without most. wading fully into this whole thing, let's not go overboard on the cancel culture in Washington yeah. athletics. Exactly. She should have, she should have DM'd that person. That need to be canceled. Let's not She's not even like she hasn't even take like started her first day, <laughs> and we're going overboard. Like, I mean, think about: do you think do you think the Warriors are a national brand or a global brand? Uh, global. Come on, oh. come it, exactly. So, They're so global. how about how about they be quiet and appreciate that we just hire somebody that just has had to manage digitally the a global brand. One of the biggest global brands, I would say, in relation to um, American know, athletics, uh, is he? Yeah. I, shoot, I don't know. What did you say again? <laughs> I said I'm like, I, is Steph Curry famous? <laughs> <laughs> My name's Steph. <laughs> uh, wait, 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 you know, you know what's gonna happen next? Husky Twitter's gonna. She said nice things about Clay Thompson, and he's a coog. Oh come on. See? Uh-huh. <laughs> find it like just place cool guys let me quote like, it i love like husky twitter i love you guys uh, guys girls everybody 
I love Husky Twitter. I love our passion. I love our energy. Let's just direct it in the right places. <laughs> yeah. I had two blocks this week, bro, and I, I don't do that. I don't. I, I I really don't do that. I had two blocks this week, but. And let me guess, they're Husky fans. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Pre- appreciate the question. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm getting there too with the, and I I don't think I did, but. Um. Yeah, side side piece because I have a feeling I know who your blocks are. It, I think it's so dumb when people make rude comments or say something bad to them on Twitter, and then that the other person blocks them, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, you're so soft blocking." Like, well, you're the one coming at them and saying stupid shit. Like, yeah, I'll block you if too. it wasn't disrespectful, it's different, you know. If... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and I will say, like, it. We talked about it in the GC or in the pre-show. There is a difference between, like, if you are going to talk about a student athlete at the University of Washington, it's fine to say something of, like, oh, that wasn't a good read, or, you know, they're dancing, they need to work on this aspect of their game, they're not performing up to the level that we, you know, we need, whatever, blah, 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 blah. The When you go off and when you're not being specific in your criticism and just saying, hey, this kid sucks, or... Get him out of here. Why do we give him a scholarship transfer to Montana? Like, it's a, it's different. Even and there's a a level of respect and you know treat the you know treat you know particular like treat everybody like a person, but particularly our student athletes. These kids are twenty eighteen to twenty three years old. Like, be mindful of that. It's a whole different thing to talk about and criticize coaches, and you can go a little farther in saying, okay, you know, they're not getting it done. And you know, I'm sorry, but John Donovan is an offensive coordinator. He does suck. Or, he's an adult. or what he has demonstrated thus he's but he's an but he's an adult. He's paid multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars for his job. It's different. Mm-hmm. It's just different. And if you're going hard after the student athletes, that is a terrible look for our fan base and stop it. Just literally stop it. People aren't garbage. People aren't shit. People don't suck. You know what I mean? In that terminology, you can find far more words to describe. If to particularly if they're husky. You can you can find far more words to use um, or just be more tactful, man. That's simple. Talk about yep. football terms. Use something that you know in relation to that. You know, but name calling. Yeah, didn't we learn that in elementary school? That that's not. Necessarily, I mean, I mean, we do it all the time, but it's like when we do it, it's it's a lot in jest, and it's usually directed at either each other or people that we're we've had correspondence or, or interactions with, and it's all like I say I say shit to you know, you know, mean shit to duck fans all the time, but most of the time there's like a side conversation going, and it's all in good fun. Mm-hmm. Don't fuck Oregon. Um, all right, last question from JB. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I killed Hood. That was smooth. That was smooth. The next segment, uh, fuck Oregon. Segment like that. Back to the question. <laughs> uh, from uh, JB, whatever. What are your thoughts on player parents making comments on Twitter regarding the team and coaches, uh, i.e., Rome's dad, Savelle's dad, helpful or hurtful to the progress of the program? uncalled for and I, I said it to you guys the other day it's it's crazy to me when 
uh, kids are more mature than their parents. And I'm not saying this is the case here. I mean, it could be. I'm not saying for sure it is, but it looks like it could be the situation here because some of these tweets that we've seen are out of line, especially in the yeah. middle of the season. And it and it's and it's not the first time. It's certainly not the first time that whether it's boards, Twitter, uh, yeah. like Austin Osborne's dad, other dads, like yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Him, yeah. It's it's not great for the program. However, I also would raise the with the caveat. It's not great for the kid. It, yeah, it's not great for the program. It's not great for the kid. But it's also with the caveat of it. Sh- if that's going out publicly. That's a real big warning sign. Yeah, and like I or said, at least the kid, it's, like, it's it's a yellow flag. It's something that you know needs yeah. to be, requires for it's a it's it will go to the to use the soccer reference shouts to UDP. Uh, it needs to go to the VAR for for further review. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or unlike what happened in the cracking game on Tuesday night. Oh man, still got it fucking wrong. Playing soccer. <laughs> yeah, and and yeah the. Like I was saying, with the kid, they could have to answer that. Like, well, Jimmy Lake could see that, and be like, and bring in one of the, the kids in in his office. Like, look, is this true? Like, what do you feel this way? Like, it shouldn't. I'm not saying that, that will happen, but it could. Like, he shouldn't be put in that situation. That's that'd suck if I have to like answer questions through my dad's comments or parents' comments, things like that. And yeah, it's not a good look. I get. We were just talking about it, about, you know, athletic department employees, parents, burners. Yeah, yeah man. Seriously. And don't type or talk the same way that you talk on your personal one, that you talk on your burners. Please, and carrots, please. Thank you. Even if your grandma got to be off a little bit, put an extra comma in there. Uh, take the G's off of words. Yeah. Just switch it up. You know what I'm uh-huh. saying? Because we know. You for a second, I, I, I thought you said even if your grandma's got to be off a little bit. <laughs> I was like, no, no, wait. You said grandma. Sorry, it's been a long day. I, just, I thought you said grandma too. See, but see, but listen. Like, if you take not- the R off, it is grandma. So that's that's yeah. you. That's you. You know, on your burner, you don't put, take the R <laughs> off of grammar. Okay, switch it up. I. <laughs> I completely, uh, I completely agree with you guys. Um, I don't. One thing that I kind of took it as is, you're, you're ultimately. I got a lot of respect for, for these, these men. You know what I mean? These fathers. Yeah. Um, Same. If it's not great, if, if, you know, if it's not a great look on the program, you chose the program. You know, if you feel like something, you were misled here, that, and the other. Uh, you fell into X, Y, Z and trap. So like, you're also kind of telling on your judgment too, a little bit, you know? So I just kind of felt that like elements of it were, were very, uh, impulsive and, uh, and selfish. This team is in there working very, very hard. Your sons are in there working very, very hard, uh, to have a successful season while they can, you know, and enjoying these elements of their lives with their brothers. Uh, you hear, the way that these guys talk about the wide receiver room and about how they are as brothers. And, you know, you want to throw a curveball into these lifelong relationships that seem like they're, you know, kind of made for each other. Um, yeah, man, I, I, I completely agree with you guys. Um, 
feel like this was this was them thinking about themselves in this situation and not about you know the people in the in the trenches you know working hard to be better and win games you know for a hungry staff and a hungry fan base so yep and, and the grass the grass isn't always greener too like they're like oh go to another school it's going to be a different situation well, I'm sure three and two yeah <laughs> <laughs> With a whole bunch of receivers, right. including Nada, that thought it was going to be greener pastures. When you know, if we want to be honest, if everything if everything happens exactly the same and he comes here, you know, it's him getting all that playing time versus Montana and Michigan. You know what I mean? And whatever offense, you know, wh- whatever that may be. But at the end of the day, like opportunities are, you just never know. So grass isn't always greener. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, it's everybody like. I think it's, you know, Husky Twitter, you know, parents included, just take a step, take a breath. Yeah, just take a step back, breathe. Like, it's okay to have frustrations. It's how you raise them. It's, and I guarantee you, in, in my opinion, I would assume, and if, if this is not the case, then that is a drastic sign that something's wrong. If a, Husky, if a parent of a Husky athlete doesn't have a channel to talk about their, to raise their concerns, and Twitter is their primary avenue, that's a problem. Agreed. Yeah. But and all right, can we talk about the one last thing? The 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 parents, if they feel this way, obviously they shouldn't go to Twitter, but like at least wait till the season or wait till your son transfers or something like that. Like it just causes more problems. You're you're from you're one of those uh, is I would say is from Seattle and has essentially people they would call family and friends on the team. You know, whether you want to be yeah. on the team or not, don't you want to see that program and your family or friends succeed, whether you're there or not? You know what I mean? Wouldn't you want to kind of see, like, the team that you're, you know, your kids in the NFL, wouldn't you want to have this popping for the city, too, and for the next kids yeah. that come out of Garfield popping? So then you're also kind of dropping the seeds, you know, that, you know, putting, you know, dark clouds, I, I would say, over the program a little bit. So, by the way, the the rate of success for kids that go for, for and this is across the country, for those that leave their kind of traditional footprint to be successful at getting to the NFL versus those that stay in footprint, it's hugely different. It's hugely different, and it's a much the the frequency with which those kids end up. You know, a kid from Georgia coming to California, a kid from Seattle going to well. We'll we'll see what happens with the latest batch, but it's just it, it's much it's a much rarer occurrence than those that stay kind of in the footprint. Mm-hmm. Hell, even look at sorry Foster, but you know he left the state and that's that's one yeah. I mean that's and, and that's in kids, our market. Those or, kids you know, that, in the conference, they it's not that they're not playing; they get playing time, mm-hmm. and so. They can uh, up their game if they need to, especially one of them. And so, and so. I would say, and I would personally say that I think if you're all about competition, hard work, and supporting your brothers, you would realize that Taj Davis has done everything to earn his mm-hmm. position and earn yeah. his reps. You know what I mean? Like, so that's just what I would I would personally look at as well. And you guys can. Being honest with you, if this if this machine goes, you guys all can eat. It, there's obviously passing yards in this offense because we're doing it on an accident. 
So there's passing yards in this offense somewhere. Well, on if we get somebody that's confident. Oh, my goodness. And just at least, like, situational play calling. Because even Sean and, and Pleasant are looking explosive, you know, at times. So it's like, get somebody to use these people. But anyway, that's a different conversation. There's yeah. a lot of Todd Davis examples on our team. Alex oh, Cook. my gosh. He's my favorite player on defense. Even Eddie, like, he came out as a walk-on, you know, and he earned his way. Uh, you can say, like, Bowman, mm-hmm. another walk-on. Misha Powell, even, like, all those guys. like Carson Bruner. Bruner, mm-hmm. hey. I, I want him to start by the end of the year. He, he yeah. mm-hmm. But anyway. But, all right, uh, anything else on that topic, or should we talk about uh, the Cohen interview? Or the Cohen interview with uh, Christian Cable. Yeah, go. Let's do it. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> it, it was. So everybody read the interview. Um, the the things that kind of stuck out to me were the um, there was a comment in one of the questions about uh, fans or or people who call themselves fans, which in and of it by itself, and and we were talking we talked about it ten minutes ago. If you call yourself a fan of this program and you are publicly like and nastily trashing players, that ain't it. And you shouldn't really call yourself a fan. Um, but on the same token, in the context of the the players having challenges with some of the negative noise, it read like anybody that has a criticism or a critique or says, "Hey, this isn't good enough," is just negative noise. And and you know that to some extent, it 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 looks to me like her perspective was that you just have to say everything is, you know, sunshine and rainbows and never merit. And you can't criticize or you can't say, Hey, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. And that's just, that's not being a, that's not being a fan either. That's being a sycophant. <laughs> just being, you know, Hey, you know, we're, we're, we're two and three and we lost to Montana and Oregon state for the first time in 10 years. Oh, but it's all good. Go Huskies. Like I'm just going to say go Huskies until I die. But losing to Oregon State and Montana is not fucking it. <laughs> like, no. get out of here. She's just, she's just out of touch. Effort. It seems like what? Or, or as I said on a previous pod, if you just want to like relentlessly be a fan and of... not offer relentlessly and never say a bad word about anything, and without necessarily rational reason or or where your team actually backs it up and does good things. Could be a kook. <laughs> I mean, that's. I'm sorry, but that's a, a, quite a bit of. That's a number of kook fans. It doesn't matter. I mean, and and I respect them for for it. That regardless yeah, of their coaches putting himself before his team, or they're two and nine and three and ten, and and I mean, it's a, it's a different set of standards. But I'm sorry, that's not that's not my jam as a husky fan. With about with the we have the biggest revenue in the conference. We sit in a major market. We have a history of success. That's my standard. And and it's it came out of Jimmy Lake's mouth in his opening press conference. And every time, like we're we're going to compete for conference championships, and we're going to be in the playoff picture. He said it himself. And how dare we hold him to the standard of something that came out of his mouth? Yeah, we, we should uh, rename our podcast to the Fire Gen Cohen <laughs> podcast. Which rightfully so, because she needs to be. Uh, but kind of like uh, what you're saying, 
with what Jimmy Lake's been saying, uh, and, and Cohen too, but I appreciate Mike Worrell and Christian Capel. Shouts to both of you guys. Shouts to and all we, of the Husky beat writers. Shouts to our guy Roman. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Lauren Robert. Kirschman from the News Tribune. Hey, uh, Trevor Mueller and uh, and Kayla Olin. Yeah. That fourth of inches segments yeah. and, and pod. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I like it. Shouts to the Dog Pod. Shouts to the Husky Fan Podcast. Shouts to the season where the podcast is over. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll say uh, I did uh, did not necessarily read the whole thing just yet. I just did a quick skim over, and two things I mm-hmm. noticed was um, she references in relation to Lake, uh, maybe not other coaches, but Lake specifically, a lot about the pandemic um, and just kind of how, <clears throat> you know, uh, he's had adversities, so much adversity, and he's accomplished so much already, and we're, it seems like, oh, I'm so happy for it him getting through that and and that's an interesting energy uh so but i think it provides perspective into what they um feel like he's he's had to battle and what he's already overcome as a head coach um and should kind of just give some insight into how much he's got his back um so um at least in the near future i would say um has to be able, has to yeah be able. i was gonna say this comment, this comment shows that he's not yeah, he's here. not, no. and I guess I should have just said it, but uh, yeah, that he's yeah. that he's not, he's gonna I mean, get a shot, you know. Yeah. So, granted, if oh yeah, anyways, if go we, on. Sorry, if we flip, if if we don't run the table, if we crash the table, that's a different conversation. Mm-hmm. Two and ten at the University of Washington. I don't care when you're going to a den. That's that's not gonna fly. But I, I it's great that she has his back. However, every other football program in the conference dealt with COVID in some way, shape, or form. He's not the first. He's not the only first-year coach that had a a pandemic he's impacted. Um, in in fact, a, somebody who's been in his current role the same amount of time um, beat Oregon State by two touchdowns last weekend. We're uh, were we? Do you guys wow. feel like we were the best team uh, that that like um, is ultimately struggling coming out of that? You know, in that scenario. So, like having a first year coach, um, having uh, to deal with COVID, and then having kind of a struggle season. Do you think we, we you know, like that specific criteria that? Um, I'd have to look. I'd have to look at it. I mean, I certainly. Because I think it, it was there. We have to look at was there a big which other jobs turned over in at the end of the nineteen season with a first, to a first time. It, it, how many of them were to a first time head, head coach? Because because the only reason why I bring it, it up is like just pers- just perspective, and I think that's where maybe not in, maybe not like her, um, you know, having his back in a sense of like have it to incompetence, you know, you know, so, uh, or uh, back incompetence, but just like. That was almost such a mulligan. Like they're weighing that heavy. I feel like, like on his on the current season, mm-hmm. and, you know. So two and ten, obviously no, but you know, like it just. I don't know. It, it that that kind of felt weird. Um, yeah, it's 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 such a it's murky. It's it's just so hard to 
to really evaluate, but it's a lot of leniency, definitely. But it's if we a don't lot like of leniency, bowl, and, and, and I, yeah. yeah. Well, and the other thing that I will point out is, and it got to, to talk about the, the, the Christians uh, mailbag article where he talked about, you know, in kind of modern era of coaching transitions at the University of Washington. Don James took over a pretty rudderless ship at the, the tail end of the Jim Owens era, went off a, went off a cliff, kind of. Um, obviously, Lambright took over a program under sanctions. Um, New Heisel took over a decent program, but was still coming out of the sanctions. Uh, Gilby took over under questionable circumstances um, and underachieved relative to the talent that was on the team. Uh, Tyrone took over a bad situation and made it even exponentially worse. Stark took over it. Six different dumpsters of <laughs> flame and shit. <laughs> and then Peterson took over a, a mediocre that had, had popped up and won some big games, but Jimmy was handed the best team of any coach in a long time. And, and this is where we are. So it, it, it's, it's, it's hard. It, it's hard, and it, but it, it's kind of there's multiple factors that merit kind of consideration in my mind. But what do you guys think? Um, I, was, I was just going to basically kind of kind of um, talk about something that in relation to, the, to Christian's interview was um, just the, the, their approach to NIL you know, and how that just seemed really, um, we don't know what's going on. We don't know who to communicate with to see what's going on. So we just have to be really creative. Um, a lot, well, we could talk about it in depth after the pod, but like, yeah, it just really seems like, um, there's no definitive answers there. And, uh, and it just kind of sort of seemed like in, in a lot, in so many words, like an admission of that as well. So, I think, I think one of the things that stood out to me, though, was the state was that she made the mention of the state ethics laws being different. Yeah, and that is a challenge, and that is something. And I, I'm not by any means a legal expert um, in terms of if we're hampered by that, but that's significantly unfortunate. Um, it's just the outward appearance of a lot of that stuff, like the the comments that got leaked that we talked about about a month ago from that that chest had 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 brought that or that was kind of came out of a booster meeting was like, Oh, I've got to start talking to our business community. Like it felt really reactionary mm-hmm. rather than being on the front foot. And still even the mention of the NCAA as something like, yes, non-football sports are still probably going to like the NCAA as an entire entity isn't going to die uh, as it regards non-football sports. But you're not, if, the NCAA goes away as the ruling body for college football. They're not really going to have a leg to stand on to penalize a gymnastics program or a women's basketball program for what football did. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the so being worried about what the NCAA like. Of course, I'm not advocating that we break state that that we ever break law, the, the state law or a national law in terms of ethics of what we can do from an NIL perspective. 
but to a certain point also with like the in terms of the NCAA. <laughs> like the NCAA in terms of a ruling a ruling body for football, unless something crazy happens. Happen. Going after it's, ASU is some some punk stuff, but but definitely. I mean, but but like, but, but they're not. But but even ASU, like, other than putting coaches on voluntary leave or kind of involuntary leave or whatever, like the NCAA hasn't punished anybody for football violations. Significantly punished at, at school for football violations in a long time. Mm-hmm. That, so be aggressive. If we're operating out of fear of that that thought. It, it's it's a lack of awareness. It's, it's not reading the room. I, I completely agree. And like, uh, just kind of reading further about that as well. Um, She's kind of mentioning that uh, it's not the athletic departments that are getting involved uh, at other schools, but the donor and, and alumni bases who have to find these NIL solutions right now that the schools essentially aren't like uh, permissible to do right now. So if you're putting it on the back of um, like alumni and stuff like that, where's the the outcry there? Like we if, if we want to be kind of, uh, you know, uh, able to compete in this. It's going to need to be those guys while the school is figuring things out right now. So I would say a little bit of the tone has to swing. Exactly, DJ. Uh, a little bit of the tone has to swing to how much you know money can you siphon to the to to the kids via alumni. Um, and obviously, uh, she also says something uh, that uh, she says. I think this. I think it's a very compliant town. So to your previous comments, uh, Hooligan, I, I doubt that, you know, anything, any lines are going to be skeet skirted. You got to remember, she is a child of, of Don James. So I think there may be some, some like I told you, some PTSD there as well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, and I, it, it is, but. And you... I, 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 I have a hard time. I, I, I don't know if I completely like, it's a very compliant town. <laughs> Microsoft was brought up on anti was brought, was brought into federal court for antitrust violations <laughs> two decades ago. Um, I think if you, I mean, and I'm not saying that these people are going to be. I you know Bill Gates, like it's a pipe dream for Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos to get involved in in UW athletics, but to, to say that you know that Jeff Bezos is getting just like, oh well, that's that's the rule, and I'm not gonna <laughs> what. That, like, there's a what does that even mean? Like, there's a lot of excuse making, dude, when it comes to the NIL stuff. And like, okay, uh -huh. okay, you might have said that the state laws, um, like they hinder a lot of things, but the state, I'm pretty sure the state laws and a lot of other places are causing problems, and they're not struggling. Like, uh, Beast Mode signing Justin Flo, like he ain't no he ain't no alumni. Go reach out to some people and be like, hey. You know this kid from your same neighborhood. Like, won't you put him on? You know, we don't have those those uh, those people reaching out. First sentence of it says, "We've had really productive education conversations with over 200 business leaders in Seattle." I don't care about no damn conversations that you're having. I want to see results. I want to see the like. Don't educate the kid. Get it done. Like, I don't need you being educated on how to do this and get it done at this point you know so winners win 
Losers make excuses. Man, this is a three paragraphs of excuses. The other, the other thing, and and I'm going to offend some people with this. It is clear that she still worships at the altar of Chris Peterson. I I see that, and and Peterson never completely lost the perpetual underdog mindset of being from Bo- you know from Boise State and we've got to outthink and out outwit and all of that bullshit. Again, strongest revenue program in the entire conference. We are not an underdog and should never fucking act like one. Come on. We should be the bullies. Like, stop with this nonsense. And there's obviously a multitude of factors for why Pete stepped away. But he'd also said that he had significant concerns, issues, or, you know, whatever about uh, a system in which the, the student-athletes were getting paid. So essentially, when the writing, it, outward appearances, I'm going to go out and say it. Outward appearances were that the writing was on the wall that the athletes were going to start getting paid. And Pete fucking quit. Come on. Come on. Everybody gives Dabo Sweeney hell and all these other people hell for just saying it and not going through with it. There was one person, one legendary coach that went through it. Uh, went through on his word and ain't getting half the flat because he can smile with the veneers on Fox. But, but, and I will say, I will give Pete an, an inordinate amount of credit for, for the self-awareness to say that I'm not having any, ploy, uh, any fun, I'm not getting the joy out of this Rose Bowl mm-hmm. experience and having the self-awareness. And if that was truly, you know, if that's the 100% the driver of it, okay, like, I, it's it's an extraordinary act of self-awareness and it's, that's a lesson that he needs to, <laughs> of awareness is a lesson he still needs to teach Jimmy. Because <laughs> some of what Jimmy says in press conferences is like, come on, man. Just, just say, like, we we shit the bed on that. Like, we as a coaching staff, we shit the bed on that one. And as fans, I understand why you're frustrated. We'll try and get it fixed. Because, like, literally, that's the answer I want to hear. Um, But... The and then Pete getting involved and it's so interesting to me because there's so many like and we'll never know the full story of it. But then in this interview that Pete that she talks about Pete getting involved in NIL mm-hmm. and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing in relation to the school of business. Well, no. In the um, let me pull up the article again, but like where he was or like that he was having part of the conversations about. Um, it's just a, it's a, it's a very interesting, uh, very, uh, I'd say, and, and I hate using this word cause it, it's just reeks of inferiority, but like this beta mindset, like you go to the, to one of the questions she was asking about, like, um, like about Oregon creating division street. Uh, to help with with opportunities and she with nil opportunities and it sounds like she got defensive instead of saying what what they're about to do you know oh yeah i don't want to talk about them you know we got something cooking up over here man let them let them do that that's good on them 
we coming up with some, have some confidence about it. But inst- instead, sh- here it goes. Well, for one, they're not the first to do that. Uh, but why does it matter who? Are, have you done it? So, no. so what are you? So what are you? What are you doing? So that's a, a, right. It. We said it in the pre-show. Oregon should be chasing us, not the other way around. Agreed, man. Um, and what I was going to say about Pete, I found the, the section of the article. He met with several of our coaches and then talked through some unique strategies around NIL uh, and some other issues, too. Uh, I found out at practice. Yes, it men's basketball practice yesterday, just observing. Um, it's just interesting. It's just, I'm sorry, but when, and I, this could be unfair criticism of Pete. I, I will readily acknowledge it. It's just an interesting set of circumstances where he out was out there saying something where he had concerns about the athletes being paid. And he's now involved in our NIL strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And unless he's in the room closing commitments, I don't know if I like him being involved I agree. with the NIL. And Pete's a great closer. Guess what? That's what I'm saying. Guess he's great right. at doing that. Bring back the Hawaiian shirt, man. <laughs> Shout out to Sam Taimani for getting a nice little deal. Yeah, absolutely. Like we, I want our athletes set up for long-term success by being developed for the, you know, in terms of football, I want our athletes set up for long-term success by giving, you know, our coaches developing to, to give them the best chance to play in the NFL. I want, but what, but I want our athletes making money left, right, and center and getting all of the opportunities that are possible while they are in school as well because there's no guarantee. That's my lens. In the words of J-Cap, facts. Facts. (laughs) (laughs) Disruptive drinkware. That's what Taki was flexing. Disruptive drinkware. Maybe we need to, next time we do our beverage segment, we need to be Having some disruptive drinkware. <laughs> All right, uh, you guys have anything else for the evening, or, or should we give it a call it a night? I think that's I think that's good, man. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. Go dogs, beat the Bruins. Uh, enjoy the throwback uniforms. Hope we get a, a ninety-one throwback performance from our football team. Woo. Go dogs. Go dogs. Hope to see y'all there. If you see me, say hi. Ha <laughs>